0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to the Hiker Podcast. What is up, hikers? This is Andy Neal, and you're listening to the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, that gets to know the hiker behind the trekking poles, that asks hikers, how has hiking changed you, and how are you changing the world around you? That's right. This is the Hiker Podcast. This is the second episode this week because I am crazy. I am. This episode is sponsored by Bear Vault makers of the bear canisters that we all love to carry through bear country. Uh, We have a wonderful interview with Tracy, owner of Bear Vault on the show, talking about why it's important to utilize bear canisters, not only to protect yourself, other hikers, but wildlife too. That's coming up here in a little bit. So I do want to thank Bear Vault for sponsoring this episode. Also thank our other sponsor, CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. Make sure you go to the description of this episode. Find a link. buy other coffee helps us out. Also, knock Outdoors, maker of the the Visica water bottles the 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 water bags the the carbon fiber cork trekking poles the last pair of trekking poles you're ever going to need handmade these trekking poles are handmade in Portland, Oregon uh, if you want 10% off a pair of those new trekking poles uh, put Hiker Podcast in the coupon code at your checkout or just use the affiliate link in the description of this episode or at HikerPodcast.com also at HikerPodcast.com you'll find the socials for this show, as well as our sponsors, as well as all the different ways to listen. If you want to get a free sticker, hit me up on email, andyahikerpodcast.com or on Instagram, just uh, at Andy Films and Hikes. You'll get a hold of me. I'll send you a sticker in the mail free of charge. That's right, because I'm just, I want people, uh, hikers love stickers. I mean, come on, we do. We just love stickers. So check that out. Also at hikerpodcast.com is our Patreon. If you want to support the show that way or click on the Apple podcast link there and leave a five-star Apple podcast review. Make sure you leave a note or two. Let me know what you like about the show. With that, we're going to get on to our interview here with this week's sponsor bear vault we have tracy who is the owner of bear vault manufacturer of the bear resistant food canisters for backpackers and adventurers she is an experienced hiker and idolizes a world in which wilderness stays truly wild and considerate adventurers will have the privilege of being awed by nature now and forever and a big part of that is making sure we keep our food away from them tracy stays busy working virtually on every aspect of the bear vault business and in her spare time she enjoys hiking and skiing before focusing on bears tracy worked for startups and uh, initiatives in the wild solar green building with environmental nonprofits and she holds an mba a bs and a ba uh we had an amazing conversation and she's just so knowledgeable on not only why these bear cancers are important but but why that we need to be carrying them and how they affect the wildlife around us. And, you know, we, we just have a really good conversation. So sit back and and listen, you might learn something. And I know for me, what I learned helped me realize I need to have a better attitude about those bear canisters when I'm trucking through the desolation wilderness this this summer. It's like, you know what? Yeah, they're a little extra heavy, but guess what? It's a part of leaving no trace. So without any further ado, uh, my conversation with Tracy from Bear Vault. All right, hikers, it's that time of year. Spring is now upon us. Things are blooming. The weather is clearing through hiking season is here. Backpacking season is here. People are already heading out on the AT. PCT hikers are getting ready to go here. And with that comes the bear canister. And I have Tracy from Bear Vault here to talk about her passion with Bear Vault. She is the founder and owner of Bear Vault and her uh, her background. So Tracy, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing today?
1: You're welcome. I'm doing fine. Thank you.
0: So Tracy, you are the owner of Bear Vault. But before we get into Bear Vault, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You're an outdoor enthusiast. You love the outdoors. Uh, tell us about how you got into the outdoors and into hiking.
1: Sure. Well, I guess it started when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in Calgary, which is just uh, at the base of the Rocky Mountains in Canada. And uh, my parents used to take us out pretty much every weekend hiking or cross country skiing or whatever the season allowed. Um, and so I grew up uh, with the outdoors a lot. And the mountains there are just spectacular. There's such a variety of trails. Um, and and we would regularly do family backpacking trips, camping trips, um, and just day hikes. And so I think that's definitely where I, I nurtured my love of the outdoors.
0: And f- from there, you've created this company where... If you are, especially on the PCT, if you're a thru-hiker, you're carrying these bear canisters, the 450, the 500. I personally have the 500. We all love to put stickers all over them. Um, and a lot of people kind of have this love-hate relationship with the bear canister because it's this necessary thing we have to carry. It's required in some of the places, uh, but it, it, it is is—it is heavy. Um, but tell us a little bit about what, what was the impetus of Bear Vault as a company, and why did you decide to to do that?
1: Sure. Well, I, I should just say that I, I, my, I was not the founder of the company. We actually took the company over uh, four years ago um, as the owner retired. And the original owner um, was an avid uh, PCT hiker, um, and Bear Canisters were one of those they weren't regulated at the time, but they were becoming a more popular um, choice for hikers just to protect food from bears. And um, he kind of kept looking and thinking, I, I feel like there's got to be a better solution. I'd really like to be able to see my food. I'd really like to have a wider opening and I don't want to have to have a coin with me all the time to open it. And so that was really the 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 whole um background on why he decided to go to the drawing board and figure out a different solution. He was an engineer. He spent a lot of time drawing, experimenting. Um, And it turns out, um, you know, bear canisters uh, look simple, but there's actually a lot of design that has to go into making them work for both people and for bears. Um, And there, there were various bear testing Uh, agencies at the time, and it sure wasn't the first attempt that made it into a final product.
0: So talk to us a little bit about why it's important for hikers, backpackers through hikers, to have a bear canister when they're hiking through bear country.
1: So bear canisters are widely recognized as the Uh, overall best method for securing your food from animals. If we go a long way back, um, hanging food was the go-to method and it still happens in some places. Um, A couple issues with hanging food though are that um, you always see the picture of how to hang your food and there's this huge tree with a really long horizontal branch that's just perfect Mm -hmm. for hanging your food. But in reality... Can you can't find it's it? never like that, yeah, and so if you go to a a campsite that is frequented by backpackers um the the few trees that might kind of work tend to get really battered up um because of the number of people and and if you 've ever hung food before, you'll know that you it's it's like a multiple attempt thing, <laughs> trying to toss it just <laughs> to the right height and get it over, and um it's kind of like an activity. Um, But it does end up causing a lot of damage to the trees. And so as we have more and more people um, going to designated campsites in the backcountry, that really uh, destroys a lot of the the trees around there. Um, And then the other problem that's come up is that actually, especially with black bears, which um, most people who hike tend to go into the areas where there are black bears, um, the black bears can climb and the younger, lighter ones, especially. Um, and so there are multiple instances where bears have climbed over, jumped on hangs and pulled them down, or they send their cubs up to do the same. <laughs> um, so they're they're not a hundred percent by any means. Um, and over time, uh, a lot of the parks kind of look at, well, how well are we protecting our bear population? And by that, I mean, they're, interest is in making sure that as us humans go out and explore the wilderness, that it stays wilderness and that wild animals have the the opportunity to stay wild. And there's always going to be a little bit of interaction, but they don't want wild animals getting used to being close to people. Um, And as wild animals do get habituated to people, especially if there's food involved, they tend to lose a lot of their inhibitions and they start getting a little too bold. They'll come close, closer, closer, and eventually they can get aggressive. And that's not just bears, it really goes for any wild animal. Um, And so the parks wanna stop that from happening because ultimately, especially with uh, larger animals like bears who can be very dangerous if they're aggressive, they, they have two options to handle that. And, and one is to try to relocate a bear. The problem is that once a bear has lost its inhibitions, it tends to stay that way. And so it will gravitate back towards areas where people are and, and it'll keep going for the food. Um, and, and the other way to handle it is to put bears down. Um, and that, is a nice way of saying you know something really sad. They're um, they're killing bears because of a problem that ultimately belongs to people not taking enough care of keeping their food away from the wildlife. Um, in the United States, my there are about a thousand bears put down a year. Um, most of those are not from backpacking kind of campsites. Most of them are trash bears uh, or those that frequent bird feeders or um, just things around houses um, and cities. But the fact is a lot of bears do get put down and, and that's really sad. So I think that from the park's point of view, especially out in the wilderness where they're trying to keep everything really wild, They're looking for the best solution to keep food away from the bears and from wildlife in general. Um, Canisters put the burden on the backpacker to take care of their own food, Um, and so everybody brings a canister, puts their food in it, keeps it away from their tents, and that is a, a. It's not something you have to throw up in trees or or mess with the trees. You know, it's fairly simple and easy to use. And if you need to go in at night and get your toothbrush, it's not a huge hassle. And so they have uh, become the favored method of food storage in the backcountry. Um, and then there's a few other methods out there. A lot of people will say, why don't they put those huge storage bins up in the backcountry sites? And there are a few that have that. But what happens is if you allow people to take their food and use a a common shared facility like that, a lot of times people will leave stuff there. They'll take too much food or they have trash and they don't pack it out the way they ought to. And so you can end up getting to a campsite thinking, oh, I have a place to put my food and there is no space. Um, And so ultimately just making each person responsible for their own food storage is um really the best solution in the backcountry
0: so there was a, a lot there and I'm, I'm curious how do you design or are these designed to keep bears out from the scent and the smell because there, there's bear boxes on campsites and i know i've gone to the campsites backpacking you get to the get there you hear there's a bear box you look on gaia and like oh there's a bear box there you open it up it's torn up it's you know or you look there's obviously been a bear somehow got into it Uh, i've heard stories here in southern oregon where campers wake up in the middle of the night and there is a bear in the you know campsite's bear box Uh, what is it about bear vaults bear canisters that keep bears out of it and if they do start messing with it keep them from actually opening it you have these very large mammals How do they not break into this thing? Though I've tried to, I mean, I've dropped my bear cancer. I don't know how many times and it barely has a scratch on it. Um, How do you keep bears out of it?
1: Well, I guess there's a couple of caveats with the answer. Um, First, you mentioned scent. And us humans have these tiny little noses that are really ineffective compared to most of the animal world. Um, And so while we do want to do our best to reduce scents, um, and there are, you know, bags that are, they, they sell them as scent proof, but really for a bear, they're just reducing the scent. Um, so there are ways to reduce scent transmission, but, uh, I would not characterize anything that we make as scent proof when it comes to a bear's nose. Um, bears have a sense of smell. I believe it's 700 times that of a bloodhound.
0: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We just need to be careful in what what we think our expectations are. Um, I think the other thing is uh, there are two ways that um, bear containers can fail. And the most common is from user error. And uh, user error, you know, maybe the latch isn't closed properly on that big bear box, um, which happens a lot. Uh, And we see it a little bit with our canisters, too. Maybe people put the lid on but they don't twist it past the locks or maybe they just guilty,
0: totally guilty. Done oh
1: dear, it. <laughs> um, Because a lot of times, you know, we're preoccupied with what we're doing. Um, we're at a campsite. We got our food out. Okay. Let's just put the lid on sort of, and maybe it's forgotten about for a little while. So user error is definitely uh, one of the issues. But the other thing is, um, nothing is a hundred percent bear proof because bears are wild animals who are a whole group of individuals and each of them will take their own approach to solving a problem. Um, And so as much as we can design super strong things um, and they will keep the vast majority out, there will occasionally be uh, a bear who might figure something out with any kind of container but let me get to how does a bear vault work and how does it keep a bear out so we we've got the challenge of trying to create a container that is light enough to be portable but strong enough to keep this huge mammal out and when we there's actually a, a whole bear testing program and when we look at how bears approach trying to get into a canister they take different approaches Um, there are the bears that use what we call CPR um, and they'll basically take a canister and they'll try to pump that thing as much as they can, hoping that it'll open up. Um, So the bear vault is made out of a plastic that for its weight is about as strong as it gets. Now it's not one of those aircraft or sort of space kind of technologies because we're also trying to keep the costs to something reasonable that most people would be able to afford. Um, but the plastic is incredibly strong for its weight. So we've got it to kind of the thickness that is good enough to keep those pumping bears out, um, but that's that's light enough that people can still carry it. And on the market, bear vaults are still, for their size, the lightest canister um, out there, uh, there's one exception to that, but um, for on the mass market, not the specialty market. Um, and then bears will try uh, biting. So they have these teeth relatively sharp um, and they'll try kind of biting and twisting. And so you can't have um, something that's too brittle cause it'll break. So again, there was a lot of research into the types of materials to use and making sure that while they might get some marks in there, they're not going to, um, be able to bite through. And then, um, you know, they'll, they'll play with them. They'll toss them around. Um, they'll pick them up and let them drop. And so, you know, it has to be strong enough to withstand impact, um, from sort of the top of a bear paw height. And uh, so bear vaults were designed around those criteria. And, um, and then in terms of keeping the bears out, the system, the, we wanted a system that is not uh, dependent on using a tool. So you don't have to take a separate thing to open your bear vault. Um, and most of the other canisters require a coin uh, in order to open them. So with a bare vault, it is a push system. There are two snaps on the lid that pass a little, uh, kind of locking nub. And when they're easy to snap past the nub, but when you want to undo it, you push in on the snap enough to sort of wedge it past that nub and open it. So it's a pretty simple uh, system to use, and you can do it with your fingers and everything, um, and you don't need a tool for it.
0: So the testing process, what does that look like? I'm looking on your website here. There's these bears looking all cute, playing with it like it's a toy. I mean, do you literally just put food in it, drop it with some bears, and then test and see if it works?
1: Yeah, there's actually, uh, an official bear testing site that is, uh, sanctioned by the government and that is the gold standard for bear testing. Um, what it is, is they have, uh, it's in Yellowstone and they have a bunch of grizzly bears and these bears are used to testing products. That's actually what they do most of the season through the spring and summer, um, And the criteria is, can it survive a dedicated bear uh, attack, I I might call it, for an hour? And if it does, after a bear is actively toying with it for an hour, it's considered bear resistant. Um, And the organization is called the IGBC, the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee, Um, and so when you have, when you have a product that you, you know, think you'd like to test and make sure it, it's pretty bear proof, you take it over there um, and they'll set bears on it with a timer and a video and making sure that it's got full time being played with by various bears. Um, and again, they all have their own antics and, uh, and then it'll get an official um, certification if it passes.
0: And the video on your guys' website, actually kind of adorable watching these bears just play with these <laughs> things.
1: Um, now, my
0: question to you now is there's a lot of hikers out there um, who will say, you know, the weight's just not worth it to me. I'm an ultra light backpacker, I'm an ultra light through hiker, and, you know, I'll just use a bag, I'll just hang. I know there's requirements, but they're not gonna, they're not really gonna sight me if they catch me without a bear canister. What are the dangers to someone? going into the backcountry or on a through hike where there's a bear canister required, like for you know, myself, I'm getting ready to hike the Tahoe Rim Trail, and through the uh, Desolation Wilderness, I'm required to have a bear canister per, the, per the, the National Forest Service. What is the danger of just ignoring those warnings and going into the backcountry where you know there are black bears and grizzlies without a bear canister?
1: Well, I would say first, I hope that um, trying to avoid fines is not the main reason people would choose not to take an actual bear canister. Um, I know it's extra weight and nobody likes to carry extra weight while hiking. But when you're going into areas where people go backpacking and camping commonly, um, it's really important to use uh, the proper food storage. And, you know, you talk about desolation wilderness um, trees tend not to be high there. You take a bag, um, if you leave it at ground level, absolutely a bear is going to go for it. You lose your food, but you're also, you're making a bear less wild. You're making them more aggressive and you're probably risking that bear's life, um, because there's a good chance if that keeps happening, that bear's going to be put down. So I think, uh, you need to think about why you're going into the wilderness and what wilderness means. And just take that extra step, even if it is a little extra weight in your pack, take that step to make sure that you're caring for the environment and you can keep it wild for you and everybody else and for the animals that live there um, for the long run.
0: Absolutely. It really is super important because you don't want these animals to euthanize. You don't want, you know, to put other campers and backpackers and hikers in danger. Um, the question for you I have now is because there is a lot of new hikers who listen to this podcast. They look at this bear canister, they look at their pack and they're like, How on earth am I supposed to get this into that? What is a tried and true process to get bear canister on your pack if you're on a backpacking trip or a through hike? Uh the first
1: thing is that it's actually by far best to put it inside your pack. And I know that packs have gotten smaller and smaller, and a lot of our um, components have gotten lighter and smaller, which is awesome. Um, but if you can fit it in your pack, if it's wide enough to put it sideways at the bottom, that's ideal. If it's not, you can usually fit it upright inside a pack. And the reason I say it's best to put it inside is because. When you fill that thing with food, that is your weight in your pack. That is going to be the single heaviest object in your pack. Um, And when I say that also, if you have extra space, make sure you put your other things in the canister as well, um, just to fill it so that you can pack as compactly as as possible. Um, when you have weight you want it to sit right in your backpack and most backpacks are designed to try to throw the weight onto your hip belt. Um, if the weight is pulling off the back of your shoulders it will it'll hurt you over time. It pulls on your neck muscles um, and, and it really pulls down on the top. It gives you the more kind of back issues. Um, so you really want to try to use the backpack the way it's designed. to throw the weight onto your hip belt. And the best way to do that is to put the heaviest item in the center close to your back, Um, put something that's a little bit more filler at the bottom, and put your handy-dandy kind of items that you might need, like a rain jacket, um, at the top. Um, If you have a pack where you really cannot put it inside, the Bear Vault can be strapped on. Uh, it comes with these little dimples, we call them, around the outside. And they're basically to add some grip if you're tying straps around the bear vault. So the next best place would be to put it under the top pocket that that folds over your pack um, and to secure it in there with straps. Uh, The place that would be Least favorable is to hang it on the bottom, and I say that because when you have something hanging down below, it's really annoying while you're hiking, and then it can also um, sometimes, if you're going down a steep grade uh, and you know you take a big step down, you've got something that's hanging kind of behind your uh, bottom, it can hit the rock or hit the side of the hill and propel you forward. I'm speaking from experience. Um, and so you always have to think about how things throw your balance off as well. So again, ideally inside your pack, close to your back in, in the middle area.
0: So th- thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about the importance of, of, food storage especially with, with bears and wild animals in bear vault uh, as we're getting into this through hiking season it's an important reminder you have a lot of stuff going on at bear vault right now today they were recording this actually a big day for for your company tell us a little bit what's going on at bear vault
1: sure so we've gone through a lot of changes in the last year um and i think ultimately a lot of them were spurred by the changes to business that happened from covid uh I, th- I think we're not alone in saying it messed up just about everything. Um, and every time something got messed up, we thought, well, how could we do this better in the long run? And what we ended up doing was bringing a lot more in house. And so um, we have just moved in to our new location, which has a warehouse from which we will be doing all the shipping directly ourselves. And Um, It has a workshop area where we'll be doing all the assembly and finishing ourselves. And it has offices. Um, And so we're in a wonderful phase of uh, moving in and starting to expand. Um, And we're really excited about it. And today we actually have our first uh, staff working on the uh, finishing and the, the the boxing of and the assembly of our product, and so um, it's really it's really fun. We're bringing this all in house in, and, and we're starting today.
0: And have you found like I know I walk into an outdoor store right now, in REI, my independent mom pop shot shop. You know, shout out to Ashland Mountain Provisions in Ashland, Oregon. Um, they're they're having trouble keeping things on the shelves. One because this, there's a supply chain issue with COVID, but two everyone's going in the outdoors now people have discovered you know i can't go to the movies i can't go out to eat like i used to we're gonna go take up hiking camping whatever have you found that also the the supply and demand issues have just been kind of throwing everything off as well
1: uh a hundred percent on both sides um yes on the demand you know last year was a really hard year to navigate because when when covid first came up uh we thought oh, well, people will probably try to go out hiking. And then the national parks all closed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and we and a lot of other brands pulled back. Oh my goodness, stop. Manage cash flow, we, we've we got to be really careful. We don't know what's happening. And then when summer came, people had had enough <laughs> and they were going out anyway. Um, And so what we saw was a sudden, very sharp uptick in demand uh, where we hadn't accumulated um, enough inventory to support that. And again, I think this happened with so many outdoor brands and and certainly consumers have seen that. And, um, you know, a lot of the brands have experienced that. And then on the supply side too, uh, just where every part of the supply chain you've got companies that have workers that have to now be spaced apart or who are going on sick leave, whether it's for them or for family members, because this whole virus is doing its rounds. And so that has impacted um, the supply chain in so many ways and the shipping and the distribution. Um, So everything was impacted. Um, and yeah, we definitely saw a huge uptick. And my hope is that a lot of people who are going out and trying the outdoors for the first time and starting to get used to it are going to get um, realize how fun it is to be out there. And, and will keep doing that throughout their lives, that this is kind of um, part of who they are now.
0: Which I think we, we've seen, uh, hopefully, for so many people, they're discovering the outdoors and they're they're, they're educating themselves. They're learning. I mean, this is a, this is a part of Leave No Trace. Uh, ultimately, when we're we're keeping our food, you know, away from wild animals, we're not you know um, altering the behavior of the wildlife. So it's so important as a part of Leave No Trace principles to make sure that you are taking care of your food and you're not putting animals in the unfortunate position where they they lose their inhibitions and they're dependent on on humans for food. Um, with all that said, if someone wants to get a BearVault, where do they go? If they want to find out more about BearVault as a company, where would they go?
1: Well, um, you know, we have our website, BearVault.com. Um, and we try really hard to support our outdoor retailers. Um, we have great partnerships and... A lot of the people who work at these outdoor retailers, they will go out into the backcountry, they're experienced, they know the areas, they know different trails, and they know how to backpack. So if you need advice, or if you're just starting out, uh, just spend some time talking to people, um, You know, at the outdoor retail stores, or in the communities close to trailheads. There's a lot of experience out there to be shared. Um, and. You know it's a fun adventure so um but our website's also a, a great place if you need more information about bear vault
0: awesome tracy thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us the importance of importance of keeping our food stored away and telling us about bear
1: vault you're welcome thank you so much for having me
0: Thank you so much, Tracy, from Bear Vault for talking to us. I learned a ton. I hope everybody else did too. Uh, make sure that when you get your bear canisters, you uh, you get them from Bear Vault because I think there's really, they are the best ones. I mean, there are a few other ones. You go to some outdoor stores, there's a few other ones, but no, Bear Vault is the best one. It's the best one to get on your pack, whether on the inside or the outside. They got the smaller one, they got the bigger one. I just, you get to put stickers all over it. I mean, come on. like. Thank you, Tracy, for coming on the show. Uh, Go to Bear Vault's website. Link's going to be in the description of this episode. Or, you know, any, I I, I can't think of an outdoor store I've been to that doesn't have Bear Vault bear canisters. I was at two different ones today, and they both had Bear Vault bear canisters. So make sure you pick them up and uh, do your part if you're going into bear country, grizzly country, black bear, brown bear, all that fun stuff. A lot of places, a lot of wilderness areas require them, so make sure you follow those requirements also if you want to uh, get a hiker podcast sticker hit me up on email andyhikerpodcast.com also you can follow me on instagram at Hikes. for all the hiker podcast socials go to hikerpodcast.com where you'll also find our patreon if you'd like to support the show that way and all the different links for the different ways to listen um guys we're getting into the hiking season here i'm excited hope you all are excited more content's going to be coming out here. We got two episodes coming out next week. I'm going to get YouTube stuff coming out here pretty soon. I'm just super excited. And I'm super thankful to all of you guys. Also super thankful to our sponsors. Uh, Bear Vault, thank you for sponsoring this episode, as well as Canuck Outdoors and CS Instant Coffee. Make sure you check all of our sponsors out in the description of this episode or at hikerpodcast.com. With that, guys, look forward to next week. We got two more episodes coming out next week. We have Justice Wise, who's going to be hiking the Colorado Trail uh, this summer. We have an amazing conversation. Also, we have Francesca Weinheimer, author of a new book about scenic views in the great state of Oregon. Many of you probably know her as Hike Oregon, and that will be next week as well. With that, guys, thank you so much for listening to this second episode of This Week on The Hiker Podcast. be found upstairs.